I'm John DiLiberto, and you're hearing the Echoes podcast from PRX. We enter a hallucinogenic state when we talk with Delirium, the long-lived Canadian dream pop duo. They emerged out of the industrial rock of front-line assembly in 1987, and they have run in parallel in a perfect yin and yang of noise and serenity. We'll talk to founder Bill Lieb and longtime collaborator Reese Fulber about their electronic approach to pop and working with some of the more heavenly vocalists on the planet, including Sarah McLaughlin, Mimi Page, and Lee Nash. They started out as a purely instrumental ambient project until Christy Thirsk walked in and sang Flowers Become Screens. I think me and Reese just looked at each other. Yeah, it sounded <laughs> pretty good. Anyway, yeah. like, this is a key changing point in our, in our lives. You know, I mean, I don't to what degree, but I've never looked back since then, you know. talk to delirium in a few moments summertime is here and you need to get your echoes t-shirt going we've got two of you right now one is electric blue with the echoes logo in the pocket position in front and on the other side it's the echoes logo spread out across your back we also still have some of our black echoes 30th anniversary t-shirts left let everyone you encounter know where the chill resides get yourself an echoes t-shirt at echoes.org that's echoes e-c-h-o-e-s dot org o-r-g and now is delirium The Canadian group Delirium is one of the defining bands of Dream Pop. Formed in 1987, they began as a purely ambient electronic duo before adding vocalists to their music and rising to international acclaim on the heels of their hit single with Sarah McLaughlin. Released in 1997, it's been remixed countless times right up to today. Now, in 2023, they released their first album in seven years. Signs. This is the mood of Delirium, ethereal, seductive, but with a groove. But we are interviewing Delirium members Bill Lieb and Reese Fulber while they are on tour with their main project, Frontline Assembly. That music is different. We 
we're talking to Bill Lieb and Reese Fulber backstage at the Franklin Music Hall in Philadelphia, where they will be performing with Frontline Assembly, so you might hear the sound of road crews and cases rumbling by. Bill Lieb is the founding member of Frontline Assembly. Now in his mid-60s, he was born in Austria and has dual citizenship in Canada, where he lives. He is slightly gaunt with a skewed blonde hair, recalling Bill Nye's portrayal of Ray Sims, the aging singer of the fictional band Strange Fruit in the movie Still Crazy. After being a member of the industrial rock group Skinny Puppy, he left to form Frontline Assembly in 1986. This is a band that has album titles like Corrosion, Gashed Senses and Crossfire, Caustic Grip, and Tactical Neural Implant. But by 1987, he was already thinking of a different, more serene and atmospheric sound, Billy. I was always like a big fan of, you know, whether it's Tangerine Dream or Brian Eno or any of that kind of stuff. And apart from doing Frontline, you know, it's like a, it was just a bedroom project, you know, and just started experimenting at home. And uh, also was a fan of world music and stuff. So I think it just kind of started there, you know, and it wasn't meant to be anything more than just a little side project. And, and you know, I had a, a label in Berlin, Dossier Records, Manfred Schick, just kind of supported me and gave me enough of a budget to, you know, start making that kind of music. And, and yeah, you know, it was always supposed to be quite different from Frontline Assembly. It started off as a very humble, just little experimentation at home with a tape deck and uh, just took a life of its own. And it had sort of a gothic feel to it, you know, with the classical choirs and monks and stuff. So it was, a, it was an early experimentation just to see where we could go with it, you know. initial duo was Bill Lieb and Michael Balsh, but Balsh left early and Reese Fulber, who was also in Frontline Assembly, took his place. Fulber is in his early 50s and cuts a stern and cerebral figure with close-cropped hair, a goatee, and glasses. The big change in the duo happened with the 1994 album Semantic Spaces. Everything changed when Christy Thirsk showed up and we had an official singer on one song and we never looked back. It made us think like, hey, we can actually write a song and somebody can sing to it, you know? Like we, before, we never really were thinking on those terms. We were just thinking of soundscapes and grooves and, you know, stuff like that. 
Reese Fulber. Yeah, and somatic spaces were changed before. It was a lot more experimental, you know, almost like tape loop type work. And then when we did somatic spaces, Bill and I started playing keyboards more and like kind of trading riffs and then arranging songs. And then we got Christy to do a vocal and that created a new delirium sound. And then it's kind of held through ever since then. So. Yeah, when we were in the room there, and I think Greg was with us, and Greg really, and we were recording Flowers Become Screens and we were listening to... I think me and Reese just looked at each other. Yeah, it sounded <laughs> pretty good. Anyway, like this is a key changing point in our, in our lives. You know, I mean, I did to what degree, but I've never looked back since then. You know. Flowers Become Screens is the only vocal track on Semantic Spaces, but that would increase with each succeeding album as they brought in more singers. It reached a peak when a fellow artist on the network label was suggested by A&R person Mark Jowett. Her name was Sarah McLaughlin. The song was going to be an instrumental. Yeah. And, yeah. and then we're in the studio, and it's being actually mixed, and the phone rings, and it's uh, Mark and Sarah, and... and he says that Sarah has an idea for a song. Can you guys take a lunch break? And so she came down and sang it twice perfectly. The song was silence. This is the original version of Silence, but you may be more aware of the dozens of remixes that have taken place and become even more identified with the track. The remix concept was suggested by Network's Vice President of A&R, George Maniatis. I think George had the idea, hey, we should get the song with Sarah on it remixed. And he got these like kind of progressive house guys in Florida called Fade. And they did that first remix. And then what happened was Sasha and John Digweed started playing it. And they're already kind of tastemaker up there DJs at, at that time. And then that's what started it. And then they're like, okay, this is starting to roll. We need another remix. And then they got Tiesto, and then it was all off to the races, pretty much. And then we got asked to be on top of the pops. And I mean, it's a big story. You could write a whole book about that song, and it still isn't, the story isn't finished yet, you know? When I die, it was a here lays Bill Lee in silence. That's gonna be my tombstone. You know, it's like Beethoven has his fifth, you know, everybody has their thing, you know. 
But Delirium had a few more things, crafting one beautiful dream pop album after another through the 2000s and into the 2010s. They've had a bevy of singers, mostly female, who write the words and sometimes the music. They've cut a few songs with Lee Nash from the band Sixpence, None the Richer. This is kind of like uh, our girl from Sixpence, None the Richer, you know? Yeah. Lee Nash, you know, we've worked with her extensively on our own things and together, and you just build a rapport with people, you know, and, and it becomes really endearing as well and personal, you know, and so you get each other, and so, like, yeah, you know, that has, has a lot to do with it as well, you know? Another oft-employed singer is Mimi Page. While many of the vocalists often compose just the words, Mimi Page actually creates some of the arrangements. Those songs are different from how we normally work because she sort of had these fairly formed out ideas that she sent us and then we kind of finished them, added like a bridge and put our keyboard stuff in there. So that was more collaborative than maybe like production-wise than normal because the ideas were kind of there. Like she had the vibe there and we just kind of had to just put a few more pieces in to finish it. Since the vocalists write the lyrics, Delirium often have to come up with arrangements to fit them. The singer, known as Conga, composed In the Deep. It seems to come from a place of loss and desperation. She said it was a very personal track about her uncle or something, you know, it just happened or something. Yeah, it was something, it was something family oriented. I don't think it's suicide, I think it's letting go of a loved one. But it was a recent thing, right? And she said she wrote a big thing about it, you know, about yeah, like, yeah. So it was kind of, that made it more, more special as well, right? I mean, you know, your song inspirations have to come from somewhere. To, and heartbreak, love, all that stuff uh, always seems to make a better song, you know? While Delirium is a side project to Frontline Assembly, Reese Fulber has another side project called Conjure One, which isn't that dissimilar to Delirium. The song Streetcar was supposed to be a Conjure One track. Streetcar was going to be a Conjure One song, you know. And uh, the direction of the last Conjure One record just was just different. It just didn't fit on the record. So we had this song, and I played it for Bill, and he's like, let's use it. I loved it. Yeah, I liked it. And then so we brought it in, worked on a bit, and... 
It's, uh, I mean, that's kind of out of the norm, right? That one's a little more pop-oriented. A little more, right? Yeah, it, it, but I, it fit better on the Delirium record than the last Conjure One record. You know, Happy Accident kind of thing. Curiously, as Delirium move into the future, they find themselves looking back at some of their earliest influences. Sometimes I go back and listen to old records and get re-inspired. Like I'll, I watch a lot of older movies and like I rewatch Thief and the Tangerine Dream score. You're like, oh man, that's that's good, and that makes you want to go back into the studio. So I almost find I get. I'm going backwards, rediscovering records and music I used to like, and now it sounds different in today's context. It almost has more weight now, somehow. The latest album by Delirium is Signs. It's out now on records. You can also look for a wave of remixes of this music as well as yet another new remix of Silence. Jeff Town conducted our interview with Delirium. It was written and produced by me, John DiLiberto. I will have a link to Delirium's album, Signs, in the posting for this podcast at echoes.org, and I'll have a list for all the songs that were used in the feature. It's all at echoes, E-C-H-O-E-S, dot org, O-R-G. Next week on the Echoes podcast, Caterina Barbieri, an Italian electronic artist with a very distinct style. She performed a mesmerizing set at the Big Ears Festival this past spring. I'm John DiLiberto. This has been the Echoes podcast from PRX. See you next week, tonight on the radio, somewhere in the country, or at Echoes Online right now or whenever you want.